Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Spa Sisters podcast with Julie Wren and Carly Chamberlain. Thanks for joining us today for our third episode. Um, Julie, do you want to go into what this is all about and the topic we are going to discuss this morning? Yeah, thanks. Thanks very much, Carly. Actually, today I want to talk with you about how we respond sometimes to situations. You know, life happens and sometimes we might not always be responding in a way that is going to be very useful and productive for us. So I really want to explore that today. And it's what I call going full on to wonder. Yes. And uh, if those of you haven't heard this expression before, the Tawanda, uh, what's it called? Expression, reaction. Yeah, so that was from one of my favorite films. I think it's also one of your favorite films, Carly. It's from- I love it. Fried Green Tomatoes at the Whistle Stop Cafe. Yes, it is yeah. a fantastic film. I love this film. Yeah. Oh, I mean, cool. <laughs> for me, what really resonates is, you know, there's this woman in the character of Kathy Bates who's looking for her purpose in life and she meets somebody and she hears an amazing story about two young women growing up together and, uh, you know, how, how she becomes inspired with that and, you know, using the word Tawanda to lead the, lead the cry, as it were. Absolutely, yeah. And Kathy Bates, if I remember, she is um, kind of a frustrated uh, housewife she's lacking power in her life, she's lacking purpose in her life, and she visits this lady at this old people's home who completely inspires her with her old stories, and, and it really shines a light on, on Kathy Bates's character's life and gives her a flair, um, but it comes in a funny way, because first she has to vent out her anger and frustration uh, by doing several uh, crazy reactive things such as reversing into someone's car in the parking lot is that what she does absolutely the, 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 absolutely I mean she's these two young ladies trying to beat her to a car parking space and basically she decides to push the car out of the way <laughs> and her parting comment is let's face it girls I've got better insurance <laughs> Now, while I don't advocate any kind of violence at all, I, I do recognize and appreciate those moments when we all get frustrated. And like you said, you know, we have uh, a difference between how do we react to something and, you know, how do we respond to something? So, Colleen, could you explain a little bit there what you were talking about earlier about this difference between react and respond? Yes. I used my daughter as an example, any sort of five-year-old child, really, that I'm sure a lot of people can relate to so when you want something and then you don't get what you want um if you look at how a child reacts it's normally that old saying throwing your toys out the cot having a meltdown you know having a strop crying um all very valid emotions especially for children because um they're in a process of growth and development and learning how to regulate emotions. But if we look at those patterns from childhood and as, as you develop, how much of that do we bring into our adult life? Um, you know, we still have these long-term habits that we formed way back when we were young and they still rear their heads. Um, you know, you could be the most professional uh, corporate, um, you know, top 
dog in in your industry and I I'm convinced that everyone still will have a moment of throwing toys out the cot whether it's behind closed doors or in a conference room I think it happens and I think we kind of need to also accept that because we're human you know these things can can really take over and we remember that we're acting again like we were when we were five years old so that is still uh, impacting our life um, and is it productive you know for our relationships for our work for our social life and that's what we wanted to explore today I think you know how the difference between our very um, habitual reactions the human mechanics and the sort of transformational part of that is how we can sort of overcome it go through it and instead of react perhaps respond compose but still validate those emotions still yeah. go back to those emotions and question those emotions when we've stopped um in the heat of the moment stop mm. reversing our car into someone else's car <laughs> in a car park yeah. and, uh, Kathy Bates's character did yeah or as I used to do I used to take things out on cardboard boxes <laughs> wow. that used to be my one go-to if you really wanted to get some frustrations out I, you know kick a cardboard box around uh, but I did have to have to give up the abuse of cardboard boxes when actually when I jumped on one um it got its own back on me because it took my feet away from me and I ended up flat on my back on the kitchen floor so I have I have progressed uh from or let's say like diverted my attentions uh, and tried to look for more appropriate responses when I'm having a bad day Oh, honestly, Julie, I completely relate to you. Honestly, I don't know one person that hasn't had those moments in their life. Um, do we need those moments in a way? Yeah. If there's a backlog of frustration yeah. that we're sort of brewing. Um, I remember you said, uh, you want to share that lovely um, analogy of the, was it the monk analogy, the story. Yeah. That was fantastic. I think this is probably also what, what sparked my thoughts on this was that recently I heard a story about, um, I think it's a fable, about two monks that were going on a, a very long pilgrimage and journey. And these are monks that basically were not really allowed to have physical contact with other people outside of obviously their community. And as they were going along, they encountered a woman who needed help. And one of the monks actually saw her distress, picked her up and got her over this obstacle that they'd come along. He put her down and they carried on their journey in silence for a while. And then many hours later, the other monk turned around to me and said, but why, why did you pick her up? You know, we're not supposed to. And the other monk just turned and looked at him and said, wow, I put her down several hours ago and you've been carrying her all this way oh I love it that is such a powerful powerful message yeah oh. not that monks use the word wow but I just added that in for, for effect <laughs> oh they might you never know <laughs> you never um, know yeah. wow and that's right isn't it and I mean I've had experiences like that from my own point of view and from friends you know that if there's been a bit of a hang up and we haven't communicated that or shared it so we've been festering you know for months sometimes you know mm -hmm. and finally confront the situation um in a productive way yeah. and it's an instant 
weight mm. off your shoulders. And yeah. Talking about weight, we were talking about energy and obviously um, we've had probably, you know, what, two years now of, of more of a wider global weight um, on our shoulders, I think, collectively with the pandemic and now with current affairs going on um, in Eastern Europe. And it just, we both sort of said, didn't we, we there's this feeling of heaviness, you know, on, on a global scale, but also, you know, in, in personal life, when, when things happen in your life, when, mm. you know, you experience grief and bereavement, um, you know, things don't go smoothly, but we were saying that is life, that, that mm. is life, that happens. And how do we navigate through a personal um, weight or heaviness that we're feeling through to a community level, through to, you know, in your workplace, through to this global weight that I know a lot of people are mm. feeling right now. Um, you know, some days it's hard. It's mm. hard to carry on and get out of bed and just crack on with things, isn't it? I mean, what's your experience of that lately, Julie? Yeah, lately myself, I've, I've been feeling very, very sensitive to everything and I think you know it does have an impact on how I show up it has an impact on how I uh, react and interact with other people as well so I'm thinking about that as well from you know when I'm in a teaching role you know I need to show up fully for my for my therapist and like my therapists need to show up fully for their clients but how do we do that in a way that's authentic when inside you know we are we are hurting so I think some people tend to have a tendency to to draw their energy, as we say, in a more extroverted way. Maybe they will be the people that will tell you about their problems. Um, and others perhaps will have a more introverted, well, they'll want to do more time for self-thinking. And I think that's a really important thing to recognize is, you know, certainly among colleagues and also for yourself, if you need that time, because that's naturally how you draw the energy, you go within, and you go within maybe with some meditation or you go do some walking or you start to do reflection work that probably for you is the is the is a really healthy practice whereas other people looking at you may think you're withdrawing mm -hmm. but you need this time to go inside whereas others perhaps uh, want to be very expressive uh, and seek that energy by sharing with other people around them in whether it's work whether it's at home life and I think personally for myself, uh, I'm a combination of the two because we're neither at one extreme or the other. I know when there are moments when I need my quiet and I know moments when it's time to share. So it's really about acceptance. It's about accepting that we all have different quirks and we all have different styles, but knowing yourself really is, you know, is the, is the probably the first step to sort of being able to work out am I having an appropriate response um so before you go full drama queen you know look out for your triggers know the kind of things that really set you off because you know it's going to probably disrupt your day it's going to make you feel really bad and maybe you can't deliver that beautiful treatment you want to because like the monk you're still carrying this this thought around with you in your head and and replaying it over and over again so I think that's that's the key thing. But then, like we said, acknowledging and recognizing that this is an emotion I'm having. 
where did it come from? Why did it happen? And to be on the lookout, as I say, for the next time this could be happening. So I always say, take two deep breaths because it's in those two deep breaths that you can find a five second window to really ask yourself a question. And the question that I like is, okay, Jules, what's going on here? Where has this come from? How is this gonna pan out if you continue down this route? Because in that respect, usually I can talk myself down. It's kind of like, no, not appropriate. Uh, are you being overdramatic here? Take a step back. So yeah, it's a little bit of a combination of, uh, of say of recognition and acknowledgement and self-talk. Yeah. But just being aware of the fact that you do it is really, really important. And that, just to add to that, that comes back to that sense of self-responsibility again, doesn't it? Yeah. So it's sort of like, you know, are you going to take responsibility of your own reactions? Um, are you even conscious that you are reacting and not responding? And and how, where, where do we start to look? And I think it's quite nice to sort of compartmentalize um, in a way, if you're going to do a bit of self-discovery on this, to look at, you know, things starting um, as a thought and that thought triggers an emotion and then the emotion triggers a reaction and then the reaction has a consequence. And it's quite simple actually, isn't it? Let's think about that and use that philosophy in a way. Mm. So we have the thought, we have the emotion related to the thought, we then have the reaction, we then have the consequence. And it's up to you really what, where yeah. you want to take that. It, the, the, the key thing I always say here is self-responsibility and the choice. So you have choice. the thought. Now let's choose. Let's choose. And you have the emotion and let's choose how we use that emotion. Mm. that's the intervention there because then you can start to discover that actually your emotions don't govern you because you get to consciously choose how you yeah. deal with those emotions and that's mm. that self-regulation that I was mm. talking about before and when you get to choose and make powerful choices they the, the reaction can transition from a reaction to a response and then you might not have that um drastic dramatic consequence or I would say the unhelpful outcome because a lot of the drama is unhelpful to your growth your evolution your surroundings the people you work with it's all really unhelpful how can mm. we create helpful responses to ultimately my goal is to keep things in harmony yeah um you know I think we get lost. I do think people get lost in this cycle in their mind. And um, actually, when you really delve deep, a lot of people just want harmony and ease mm. in their life. Um, some, it could be so far out of reach. The only thing they, re they know is dis-ease and yeah. disharmony and um, mm. a sense of suffering. But that's been accepted. The suffering has been accepted as normal. And I think that's a big one because I'm a big advocate of, of 
trying to highlight that suffering is a human experience, but we still have a choice. We still have the power to transform our suffering into productive, healthy, um, evolved um, processes of how we act in life, <laughs> mm. um, which is Absolutely. all very deep. <laughs> no, but I think it's very true. I think, you know, if, if we can build more moments into our day and even as a spa manager or a spa director, um, and I, I, I take it my own example as a spa educator, I like to build in uh, what I call mindful moments and just have what I call a campfire session. Just let's sit down and have a chat and see how everybody's feeling because that could just be the, the opportunity when somebody might want to let you know that they're struggling. Yeah. And they're not finding things easy and their re reactions have been as a result of that. You know, if you look back on a day, a day at work or a week at work and somebody has has been behaving a little bit unusually and, you know, there's been no time to explore what's going on for that person. Um, so you know, check, actually checking in. Just a scenario then. So in those campfire moments, I'm, I've just sort of thought to myself, sometimes campfire moments in any given situation aren't received well by people um have you experienced that before where you're having those moments and asking asking something of someone that might be extremely out of their comfort zone yeah and absolutely quite confronting to people mm -hmm. uh, because they're busy they're rushed they've got no time for this they don't know what you're talking about you know what's how if and that's fine. How do we um, give those people the space? I suppose it is about space, isn't it? And trust. One would hope that, you know, you're building a great team, you know, and, and that team has a respect for each other. And that includes a respect for silence. So if that person at that point around the campfire doesn't need to say anything, they just need to feel included. They need to feel part of something so that when they feel perhaps it's right, maybe they'll approach privately or a colleague or a manager, but it's that unity, that collaboration, that complementarity that's so important, I think, in a team to have all those characters and to make it a safe, a safe space for them. Great. I'm going to ask now for those that are listening um, to sort of take heed of what we've spoken about today and perhaps ask the question you know where do you sit within all of this personally what, not to put you in a in a, a box at all but just to see where you resonate and how you can identify with this um are you the more sort of outgoing let's crack on with things you know sort of personality or are you one of the ones that you know likes to go in and discover or is this totally of alien language to you and um, where where are you sitting in all of this and um, we'd love to hear from you and get some feedback from these sessions that we're talking about because we want to be able to move forward with um, powerful content that can actually help develop you in your workplace in your mindset and ultimately that will um, ripple effect into your life so um our email is sparsisterspodcast at gmail.com. You can also contact us on at sparsisterspodcast on Instagram, Facebook, um, or both of us um, are also on Instagram and Facebook. 
And so please reach out to us. Let us know if um, you've had some Tawanda <laughs> experiences in your life. Have you got so enraged that you just want to reverse your car into someone else's car <laughs> like Tawanda did? We're not advocating this at all. <laughs> but we all have those moments. Have you wanted to stamp on a cardboard box and then you've stubbed your toe in the process? Um, you know, for me, it's the washing machine loading the washing machine and every time I load it the puppy steals a sock from me and I'm thinking I'm get, getting nowhere here <laughs> I can't even fill a washing machine up with clothes without half the clothes disappearing <laughs> um, so yeah. please um, get in touch with us and we would love to hear from you until next time Julie do you want to say any closing pieces? yeah just closing you know your feedback is so important because you know we would also like to know how you would like to be treated at work in your working environment because you know as I say we're on a mission and we want to help improve your working life so do let us know how you would like to be supported in your work if you feel that you're going to go full on to wander thanks Carly oh, bye, bye.